You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. Peace world and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I'm your tour guide, Adam Barnard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? Oh, it's it's a uh, brisk, brisk evening here in uh, South Philly. Uh, you know, uh, starting to change into seasons. Yeah, man. Um, uh, inside baseball, we're recording this Friday evening uh, on September 23rd, uh, right before football Sunday. Uh, my Eagles looked great. On Monday Night Football against the Vikings. Very happy. Very good, brother. Yes. Very good. Very good. Yes, very good. Very good. Give, uh, give, him a, give the Eagles a give the, give the Eagles a yo cuz. Yo cuz. Celebration. <laughs> Playing well. Yo cuz. Go we got to get him to get one. We, got, we need him to have one that says, go birds. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Angel Acevedo. This is my buddy, my, my friend for a couple of, about a decade now. Uh, he does some really funny shit. And one of the things he does is he talks like somebody from the Northeast. And Yo Cause. Yo Cause was born. So uh, you, have to have, you have to have him do a E-A-G-L-E-S. <laughs> Eagles. I was just gonna say it's gotta be Eagles though. It's gotta be it's gotta be uh factually appropriate. Yeah. Love yes. it, man. Angel, thank you so much for letting us use that. You can actually see the full video right now if you go to our Instagram page, Instagram.com slash mind of the meanie. Follow us there, and you can see Angel's post right live there. But Meanie, I know it's the fall when I get to break out my Halloween Havoc sweatshirt. I've been waiting all year to wear this yeah. again. It's my favorite sweatshirt. You will see me pretty much everywhere in this thing. I'm not just not gonna lie to you. I, uh, I'm Pretty fucking stubborn. Uh, I will fight hoodie weather to the fucking death. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll slowly tap. You know, when it gets cold enough to wear a hoodie, you know, all right. But I'll, I'll still rock the shorts until it's absolutely necessary. I'm a, I'm a t-shirt and shorts guy uh, through and through. I'm, I'm not like hardcore like I was in my early 20s where I could walk through a blizzard in shorts. Right. And be like, oh, yeah. It's cool, you yep. know. Yep. You know, I, I'm older, but uh, you know, just uh, it's a little brisk out. It's, it's nice. It's I, I, it's comfortable. I'll put it this way: is like people are like, "Aren't you cold in shorts a t-shirt?" I was like, "Dude, I fucking set my AC to this. Um, I'm fine. I'm good." Right. right. Yeah. yeah. I uh, one of my nicknames in uh, in high school used to be shorts because I would walk around in shorts pretty much all year long, and uh, you know, s- snow, fucking blizzards. I'm out there in my shorts and my fucking Adidas shoes. I'm like, fuck the fuck the boots, man. I don't need this shit. And uh, yeah. yeah, now that I'm fuck 30, that. fuck that shit, man. Fuck being warm. But now that I'm 37 years old, I can't, I can't really do that anymore. F that ass. Uh, <laughs> right in the B. Yeah, right in the B hole. Uh, <laughs> yeah, who caused? I can't remember what regular air smells like. Dude, I was toxic the other day. You're like, uh, <laughs> Wednesday, like, no, Wednesday, uh, Mrs. Meany will go to McCusker's ahead and I'll uh, catch up with her. And I, I, here's a note to everybody who sees me post, like, because lately I've been just posting the photo of a can of beer. Like, I'll be drinking uh, PBRs. Here's the fucking psychology. All right. If you see a can, I'm stopping in for a couple. 
see the pitcher, I'm there for the fucking long haul. So, you know, just, uh, I usually, you know, get there around like midnight, 1am after she's already been there for a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing my daily errands, you know, so I'll go catch up with her and, you know, hang out with Dougie and have a conversation and have a couple PBRs, but good Lord, stay away from me the next fucking day, man. Just fucking uh, PBR farts. Or I think that's just, pretty much, that's pretty much anybody though, dude, those PBR farts. But like, I can imagine they're probably like three or four times as bad with you. Yeah. Already. Yeah. I'm already, I'm already on the fucking OSHA list for my normal ones. <laughs> uh, you know, just uh, the kind where it's, it's like you, you, my, my PBR farts are like somebody close talking. you. You know, just like with oh. bad breath. Oh, man, you know, dude. Bad breath. Yeah, and you're just like back up. But they're like, no, no, no. Come here. You can't hear me. You know, I hear you and I smell you. Uh, back the fuck up. I could smell you before I heard you. Fun fact, the uh, the Philadelphia refinery explosion of 2019, that wasn't because of the gas. The gas that was there was because Meanie walked by and let one go. And the gases and the OSHA thing, it was a whole, a whole thing. Allegedly. Allegedly. The funny thing about that one was I wasn't even in town. I was in, you know, uh, we were traveling to Canada. We were going, me and uh, Miss Mia were driving up to Toronto. I was working for a promotion called Greek Town Wrestling. And uh, we stopped in Niagara Falls the day before, or like two days. We we, we made a, like a trip of it. And we're, we're saying, we, I wake up to finery or explosion. I was like, whew. I'm off the hook for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Now, how close were you? Like, how close are you physically to the refinery? Because that's down off, if I recall correctly, is that the refinery that's off 95 there by the bridge, or am I thinking of somewhere else? Yeah, that's like uh, southwest Philly down by the junkyards. Bro, that's where it's at. uh, Yep. If you get all, if you're taking, like, okay, I'm sure people will enjoy this conversation, but, you know, if you're (laughs) local, you'll get it. Uh Uh-huh. If you're doing... Six towards Jersey, you get off at uh, Oregon Avenue. Yep, and then you make the right one to Pashunk over the bridge, right by the junkyards because you know everybody's going down there to get some car parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it was just right in that area. I heard I had some friends who lived in the area, and they said it was it was intense, the explosion itself, and the ripple. Yeah, effect, I know people. So. I have a friend who basically works for that company and uh, he said he saw like, you know, security cam footage where there's like the slow gas leak and you can kind of see the, the gas cloud go around a corner and you see somebody who was driving to see it and you see the car back up and like, get the fuck out of there. You know, this, wow. everything went up. He's like, yeah, he saw like, security cam footage and it, it, one person noticed it and caught off some, it did something to make it less catastrophic, so yeah. to speak. It could have been much worse Yeah, if this person hadn't, you know, shut off some kind of valve or something like that. But my buddy worked down there for a little bit. And, I, and as soon as I heard of it, I was like, Hey dude, you dude, you all right? Tell me you're alive. He's like, yeah, I'm good. I was, yeah, I was off the last night, but this is what happened. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm just reading about it here. It's uh, So it was a spill of hydrofluoric acid that caused a ground-hugging vapor cloud, which ignited yeah. the refinery's uh, alkal- alkylation unit and caused a fire in three that caused three separate explosions, uh, yeah. which sent shit flying into the river, which you can't fuck up the Schuylkill any more than it already is. So, oh, you, you mean, oh. You take that back. <laughs> Schuylkill River. Oh, yes. The pristine and crystal blue water of the Schuylkill what River. That, what was that Netflix show that came out? The Irishman that was supposed to be about uh, the mob? Yeah. Yeah, with De Niro. Uh, yeah. And they talk about, you know, because it was based on guys from Philly. Yeah. And uh, they talk about if they, you know, if they drained the Schuylkill River, all we would find was bodies and, and guns. You know, at the bottom of it. I was, and then they re- somebody throwing their gun into the Schuylkill River. Yep. Dude, I'm telling you, I was talking to Rob Van Dam about it the other day. We were texting when I was in Vegas. And I was like, hey, man, I said, I'm flying into Vegas right now. And I said, I'm looking at all of the, the rivers and the canals that are all fucking, you know, 
drying up now. And I said, I wonder how many barrels they found here. And he was like, oh, nice, man. Welcome to town. He's like, but also, I'm sure you know this, but the body count is up to five right now. And nice. what that means is anybody who's not aware of this is that all of the like lakes and rivers and shit are drying up in Vegas and, yeah. uh, you know, due to climate change and things of that nature. And as they're drying up, they're finding, I'm not laughing. It's not funny, but it's insane, right? <clears throat> they're finding barrels with people's bodies yeah. in them from like the seventies and the eighties. They're like mm-hmm. mafia hits and they're in like big barrel drums, like the shit you see in breaking bad where they stuff people in the barrels. That's literally what they found. And apparently they're up to, to five right now. And I said to Rob, I was like, I can't imagine that these these mobsters thought that climate change was going to be something that would impact their, you know, their dumping solutions back then. And uh, it's just crazy, man. Crazy. I can't even imagine what they would scrape out of the bottom of the Google. Dude, for some reason, I, I had always thought that the, uh, that the uh, low, you know, the water going down was linked to like the companies who the bottled water company, the bottled water industry where they're, you know, just basically draining these lakes to make bottled water and not worrying about replenishing it and stuff like that. But I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. I always, always, you know, thought that was the cause, but you know, it's just nature. Uh, I told you, I went to school with a couple, uh, Mafia kids, right? Yeah, you went to school with Joey Merlino's, or was no, not Merlino? Uh, Who was it? You told me this. Uh, I went to school with Nikki Scarfo's two sons, That's Marky, it. Mark, Mark, and Nick Junior, and uh, Philly and Eddie Junior. Fuck, man. Yeah. Were you friendly with them? So, I very yeah yeah we, we got along. You had know. to be right. Yeah, dude. Like my first day, I was like in third grade, and. uh one day, you know, I was in third grade and I got to a, I got into a fight with a fifth grader or something like that. And I, I like handled myself pretty well. And Nikki Jr. comes over and goes, what grade are you in? I go third. And he just starts busting out laughing because like a third grader just beat up a fifth grader. You know? <laughs> it's, it's, fucking with me. it's not like I picked one, but, you know, it's just, right. I handled myself and he just like he popped, you know, and I knew Mark, but I was, I was more familiar with uh, Phil Jr., uh, like I think I was a one grade above him and we we're always doing like, uh, we're always doing gym together and stuff like that. So I'm playing basketball together. I hadn't seen him in ages, but, uh, yeah, that, that was interesting. You know, uh, I, I went to St. Mike's Catholic school in Atlantic city. Right. And, uh, his dad lived right at a house right behind the school on Georgia Avenue. So like during lunch, they would go over there or whatever, but you know, uh, yeah, I haven't been in touch with him and, you know, probably since then, but you know, since 87, 88, but it was interesting. You know, I have this great vision in my head right now of an ECW event in like the late nineties and all these mobsters walking in. Hey, how you doing? We're looking for the, uh, the blue meanie. Is he here? Is Brian here? I ain't going to fucking call him the blue meanie. I know him as Brian. Where the fuck is he? Hey, Yo, hey, God. meanie. Yeah. Yeah. cause. Meanie, listen, I need you to do me a favor. I remember the third grade thing. I need you to come over and take care of some parcels for me. You think you could do that? Appreciate you. Hey, this fucking guy, look, his hair is blue, guys. You think anybody's going to see him fucking coming? Get the fuck out of here. Very uh, sort of related, but not totally related. <laughs> like a couple of years ago, maybe 2015, I was McCusker. Well, yeah, McCusker's and somebody approached me about doing things and I was like bro and I appreciate the offer but uh no <laughs> as you know sir I'm I'm TV's the blue meanie so the answer would be no yeah uh yeah he wanted me to help him collect I was like no uh could you get somebody less recognizable in South Philly <laughs> you know what happens when not, you do one thing not, yeah yeah, yeah. Not that I would do it in the first place, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. Pick somebody. You know, I, I, at, the t- at that time, I, had, I was, you know, I still had my hair dyed, you know, full time, you know. God damn. <laughs> God damn. I can't even imagine that, how that must have been. I, I can, can, can honestly say I've never been approached by any mafioso to do some work. Um, not that I would do any work, but I've never been, I've never been approached 
at a bar. <laughs> um, all the Russian kids at school used to want to hang out with me though when I was in high school because I I look very like Slovak when my beard isn't here and Sergey yeah. and Dima and all these guys would come up. Hey Adam, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Hey, what's going on, guys? Listen, we have some TVs in the truck. You want to help? You want to you want to come help us? Uh, you know. Hey, let's let's go over here. I want to show you something. You want a TV? And like, no, man, no. I really. Uh, first of all, you're in high school. Second of all, I don't. I don't know where you got this merchandise. Thanks. I'm gonna pass. <laughs> I'm gonna pass. But uh, now, pe- speaking of people, we shouldn't pass on though. I would be remiss not to mention the wonderful and beautiful Pod Squad is with us tonight, as always. Hello, Vanessa Bella. That's right. We got a shout out to Vanessa Travis Lucha joining us in the. Pro, the pod squad chat right now don't forget go to patreon.com slash mind of the meaning sign up watch us record this early and ad free and hang out with us for a couple of hours as we record the show sometimes we even get two shows in one and you'll also get this beautiful mind of the meaning pod squad official card here we're working on a couple of other cool things for you as well so stay tuned patreon.com slash mind of the meaning meaning let's jump into a couple of quick topics here Get the sure. ball rolling after we talked about mafioso and bodies and barrels. Uh, white, this white rabbit noise. White rabbit is all over the internet right now. Yeah. And, uh, playing the song White Rabbit by uh, Jefferson Airplane at a lot of the live yeah. shows and the red light is shining and my brother in Christ, I can't imagine it's anybody else but Bray Wyatt. What is Meanie's take on White Rabbit? It's pretty cool. Uh... Some nice Easter eggs are laying, you know, to start doing, you know, laying the seeds at, you know, these house shows. And then like, there was like this mysterious empty arena video that surfaced where they're playing it just to an empty arena. And it's just like, Hmm, conveniently somebody recorded this and uh, released this. So I dig it. Uh, you know, everybody busted out their cell phones and their, uh, uh, the camera phones and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's very cool. Uh, if it's anybody but Bray, I think it'll be a, a huge disappointment. So it's got to be. I would think it's got to be Bray. My only question is, I know there's been some conversation about friend of the show, Carrion Cross, who uh, I'm still waiting day seven for the, his acceptance of my challenge to the impression off. Uh, but friend of the show, Carrion Cross, uh, there's been some conversation that maybe him, but his gimmick is working really well right now. I would be shocked to find out that they were going to change him. Yeah, his gimmick is, you know, TikTok, you know, TikTok, you know, time's up, stuff like that. And as my wife, Courtney, would call him the time machine guy, which makes zero sense. But we're going to go with it. But, I mean, yeah, it makes no sense to be doing this at at the house shows. You you do this in, in anticipation of somebody showing up. Right. Not for somebody who's already there. Uh, You know, you know, he's already in the company. He's already on TV. There's no reason to do these teasers at the, at the house shows and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's gotta be Bray, uh, in my mind. And like I said, if it's not, it'd be highly disappointing, but yeah, I don't think it's carrying either because like I said, you know, he's, he's, he's there. So, I mean, I, I mean, I could see if they were, they were doing it to the lead up carrying Cross's return, but yeah, it makes no sense. I think I prefer the way the cross came back though. Like there was no build up, there was no warning. It was just like boom, he comes out. It was almost like to me in a lot of ways it was representational of the way that like Hunter is handling creative because it's like Drew and Roman, they're building up to this big fight and then out of nowhere cross. And you just don't expect it and you're like holy shit, this is amazing. I can't wait to see what happens. But uh, man, he's been fucking killing it. I love it. I love every segment he does. I love all of the fucking Everything they're setting up here with McIntyre is going to be fantastic, but uh, yeah, yeah, I would be, uh, I would be very surprised, disappointed though. I think, but do you think? I think, do you think that that fans have too much expectation when it comes to the potential return of Bray Wyatt, or do you think that like this is sort of like like a CM Punk esque worst kept secret in in wrestling uh, situation? I don't know. I mean, I think Bray wants to come back. Bray needed a, a break. Uh, I, th- I think his break had more to do with, you know, just needing time to recharge his batteries. He really was never over the death of, you know, Brody Lee. Uh, you know, his, his good friend passing away and just needed time off and stuff like that. He, 
expanded his boundaries by doing the uh, YouTube channel with some uh, very interesting movie clips that he was uh, doing on uh, his YouTube. But uh, uh, what was the question? <laughs> I was just thinking, do you think fans are are putting too much emphasis or too much stock into the idea? Like, basically, do you think they're working themselves into a shoot, brother? Do you think that they are just, like, just perpetuating this, that he's going to return? Um, or do you think it is, like, a CM Punk-esque, like, you know, worst-kept secret in, in wrestling that he is going to be coming back? It's just a matter of when. I think it's just a matter of when, you know. Uh, I mean, if he was going to do anything, he'd be, you know, if, he's, if, you want, if it was a matter of not wanting to work for WWE anymore, he'd probably be showing up in AEW. These teasers would be happening in AEW. AEW be playing the White Rabbit song, you know, right? So WWE's doing it. So it's I think it's a matter of him showing up back up to WWE. I think he wants to be WWE for life, um, brother. You know, yeah. I mean, his family's got a history there. You know, his grand, you know, between you know Blackjack Mulligan, his dad, his brother, all that good stuff. And I say bring him back and bring his brother back with him. Yeah, uh, bring bring Bo Dallas with him. Uh, God damn, I mean, you, you know, two guys who look like they should look like brothers, because they are. But two guys, you know, I mean, if you're gonna have a faction, at least have your brother in it, right? You know, stuff yeah, like that. So I think you got bring bring him and Bo back, you know, and uh, do some good shit. Yeah, I just, no pun. Intended. I hate when that people go, ah, it's good shit, pal. Ah, but meaning, I, I definitely, I definitely think, you know, a rebooted Wyatt family, or at least a Wyatt duo, mm-hmm. you know, would be awesome. I would love to see sort of a a combination of the Wyatt family and the Fiend, because I think one of the biggest issues for me, and and I want to sort of talk about this before we go into the next topic, because um, we'll talk about John Moxley's win, um. I think one of the things that kind of didn't, I, I think one of the things that really undid it for Bray with the fiend was the fact that he, I felt like he was overexposed. Um, and I felt like maybe they were leaning in on it too much instead of like more of a demon Finn Balor scenario character worked, but I don't think they let it breathe sufficiently. Uh, and then when they did, it just felt like, you know, the hell in the cell thing. And then there was the Goldberg loss. Um, what you what do you think he's do you think it's going to be something brand new do you think the rabbit is is representative of something new or do you think he's going to come back in in sort of this this multi-layered way i think it's got to be something new and like if you've seen triple h's interview with ariel hawani uh he says bray is one of these uber creative people to where like just as he's thinking of one thing he's thinking of the next thing and the next thing and the next thing I think this will be a, just like a natural evolution of the character. What it will be, I, I don't know. No, I, the only person knows is Bray, and you know, prop, you know, more than likely Triple H, right? But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, the Fiend might be done for now or forever. I don't know, but uh, you know, Bray, you know, when you think about how far Bray's come from, back from how far he's come from being the Cape fear guy. Yeah. You know, to the fiend and follow the buzzards. And now it's the white rabbit. And, you know, I think it'll be something new. I mean, he's had a, a year off just to a recharge his batteries fit and, you know, physically and mentally and B just come up with something new, you yeah. know? Yeah. And here, here's the thing too. I mean, come up with something new. That's new merchandise. That's new yeah. money. Right. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you know, the, you know, I learned something, you know, when, 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 my first year in the business, um, I started out in the Detroit area. I started all over the Midwest, but you know, there's these shows in Detroit and, uh, there's this dude who was like super over, uh, that I trained with Ray, the, the crippler Roberts. And, uh, one day he was sitting there, me, him and Sabu were sitting there and he's like, he's talking about how his t-shirt sales were like slowing down. Sabu goes, well, goddamn, look at the crowd. Everybody's wearing your shirt. They don't need to buy that shirt again. You need a new shirt. So he went out and bought a new shirt and made all new money. So now, (laughs) 
you know, that's something I learned in the early on. So, and I learned that from Goldust too. Goldust, you know, every now and then would change up his, his face paint because he knew that would be a new t-shirt design, a new action figure, a new, so for Bray to come back and doing this to do something he's already done creatively would be counterproductive and uh, financially might be a little bit counterproductive as far as like the merchandising goes. Cause you want to do something you did like, you know, JR told me, you know, come back with a fresh coat of paint and uh fresh, uh, new look, new approach, new character, a new spin on an old character. And, uh, you know, that's a whole new line of merchandising. So it'll, it'll definitely be something new. Yeah. You know, when he comes back. Also something new I wanted to touch on John Moxley, the first ever three time AEW world champion went over on Daniel Bryanson or Sun Daniel Bryan, whatever his name is now. No, I'm just kidding. Daniel Bryanson. Yeah. <laughs> I said it wrong. I said it wrong and I was supposed to be serious. Brian Danielson. Thank you. Uh went over at, at the uh what was it? What was the 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 main event or the was it all out? All out. Grand Slam. Thank you. Grand Slam. Thank you very much. Went over uh on Danielson there. What do you think about John Moxley winning for a third time? It's kind of out of necessity, right? I mean, he was champion. And then, you and then know, he was again as the interim champion. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's good. It makes sense. I mean, he's, you know, he's been kind of going back and forth with the belt, you know, between him and Punk. And, uh, you know, now that the Punk, you know, Punk's out with the injury and, of course, the suspension. Uh, it makes sense. You know, I've, you know, uh, I would love to see Daniel Bryan get the belt eventually, you know, definitely. I mean, he would, you know, he would be great with a great, a great champion, you know, yeah. but you know, you know, uh, Moxley, has been a good champion, uh, and definitely, you know, a recognizable star, you know, for the casual fan, you know, the whole thing is you want the casual fan to, be flipping through the channels and see him on there and stop and stay with it. You know, everybody, you know, you can't assume every WWE fan knows what AEW is. I mean, I'm sure they've heard of it or something like that, but you know, when you get the casual fan who you know, usually just watches WWE in their home and they're flipping the channels and Oh, Oh my God, there's Dean Ambrose. Oh, he's John Maxley now. What? Oh, he's the champion. Oh, let me check this out. Right. And right. folks who come over to check out John Moxley in AEW learn about MJF. They learn about Jungle Boy. They learn about the rest of the roster. Oh, and FTR's here. Oh, the Revival's here. Revival, oh, now they're, yeah, yeah. Yeah, now they're FTR. Oh, okay, cool. I know these This guys. is Fred. Right. Yeah. So it makes sense. I mean, I wouldn't have been mad if Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson would have won it. I wouldn't have been mad either. That, you know, because he's highly recognizable as well. You know, you want to have somebody who is a, a channel stopper when it comes to, you know, people, you know, channel surfing. So, and, you know, they're both legit tough, you know, internationally recognized. So it, it makes sense, you know. Um, yeah, first triple crown, first, uh, is it, well, not triple crown. That's like if you won that, the tag belt and the TNT, TNT belt, title. That, yeah. That would be a triple crown. Uh but, you know, three-time hat. He's got the hat trick with the AEW belt. And it's just a matter of, uh, I would I would keep it on him for a while. The, yeah. belt's been the belt has bounced around a little bit too much. A little bit too much. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's been shown that, you know, what they're doing with Roman Reigns, a, a champion, a long-term championship reign is sustainable if done well. You know? Agreed. Yeah, so, it, and, um, you know, I just keep it on them for a little bit. Yeah. Have them have, hold on to it for a little bit, you know. The only thing, I, I just wish he wasn't, the only thing that kind of hurts, and this is my opinion, and but, like, him appearing elsewhere, you mm. know, because he does take in indie dates on the weekends and stuff like that. If I was Tony Khan, I would pay him whatever he would be losing did not take those bookings. I would up his, 
whatever they're paying you, I'll pay you to not do them just so my AEW champions exclusive to my promotion. That way you can't say, well, Hey, don't do this. Well, are you going to pay me to do it? No. Well, I got bills to pay. You know, <laughs> it's like the indie promoters, all the indie promoters want, you know, back in the day, or I don't know how it is now, but they also all want, wanted you to be, they all wanted to be Vince McMahon. They would all run the same town and you couldn't write, if you work for me, you can't work for so-and-so. Were you going to pay me to not work for so-and-so? No. Then fuck off. Then I'll work for so-and-so. In this case, if I was Tony Khan, I'd be like, look, I understand you do these bookings. I understand it's added revenue. Here's tell me what they're paying you. I'll pay that. So I'm not taking away from you, your wife and your, your newborn child, you know, so you can, you know, support your family, but let me have some exclusivity to you. So a, my champion's not all over the place, right? The only place you can see my champion is on my TV and B, I don't want you to go out and doing these indie shows and getting hurt. And then I'm having to run another tournament for, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, then Daniel Bryan will be the champion next time, you know, if he goes, goes out to do these shows and gets, and gets hurt, you know? So that's the only thing I, a Tony, please, you know, keep them exclusive, keep the bone for a while, pay him a little bit more money to have them be more exclusive to your brand. Right. And, uh, you know, build the championship because the championships kind of, losing steam a little bit, bouncing around like a pingo and like a bingo ball, you know? Well, that was my first thought too. And when I saw that he was going to be fighting Nick Gage again soon, I was like, well, wait a second. He's the champion now. Why would he be going to another promotion to do another fight? Like what if he gets hurt in the, in this? Cause you know, it's going to be a death match. You know, him and Nick Gage are going to fucking tear each other apart. What if he right. shoot gets like legit gets hurt? What happens then? We have to have another tournament. And it's like, you know, I think I think the initial CM Punk injury was just a victim of circumstance. I mean, you could point to the same thing with Cody Rhodes. Literally, dude's getting shot to the fucking moon, and he tears his peck. Like, shit happens, right? And I, I totally understand that, but then, you know, the media scrum happens, and now we're still bouncing around, and it's just like, let's just have a little bit of continuity here for a while. I think if, I don't mean to interrupt, I was just thinking when you said about the Roman Reigns reign, um, I think if he builds it correctly and they let the storyline, because this is also a good opportunity for them to reintroduce and reestablish the MJF return. Because I think that was really, out of everybody in the media scrum and all the shit that happened, I think the person who suffered the most from that was MJF. Because I felt like they were really building to what was going to be an incredible story between Punk and MJF if they would have let the two of them just play it out together. Punk pops off at the mouth, shit hits the fan, and now MJF's like, well, fuck, what do I do now? You know, so I think there's a good opportunity for them to, you know, realign the track, if you will, and kind of start over. What do you think? Yeah, they they don't, you know, that, everybody's like, oh, it's such a work. If it's a work, they would have held off a week and not buried the return of the guy who had, like, the most controversy going into his break. With MJF, you know, going off on Tony Khan and calling him a, a fucking mark on live TV that, you know, Tony Khan pays for, you know, which everybody thought that was a shoot, you know, uh, if it was a, if it was a shoot, Tony Khan wouldn't, uh, you know, allowed him out there in the first place to go out there and call him a fucking mark on TV. That's costing him all that money. Don't forget the, but, pipe, uh, the pipe bomb was a work shoot. The pipe bomb was a work shoot. Don't forget. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, where were we? Um, we talk about MJF and his return, and and you know how they could reestablish him as the uh, as the guy. Well, dude, I was before that. I was I was going to talk about you know keeping Moxley you know with the company because when I, when I first went to WWE from ECW, there's that, I went there during the period where WWE was letting their guys you know some of their guys do independent dates. So when I wasn't working for WWE, I could do go work for, you know, Joe Pizza out in fucking Ohio Joe and do a three-day loop. I was a legit promoter, Joe Pizza. Uh, talk about fucking somebody with potential mob ties, but that... that Meaning, that I want to introduce you. I want to introduce you. It's me. It's me. It's Phil Jr. Listen, I want to introduce you to my friend here. He does the wrestling stuff that you do. You know, his name is Joey Pizza. I want you to take yeah. real good care of him and do the shows, Okay. So we, we were doing three day loops for him and I was making some decent 
bank, you know, some decent yeah. mafia bank. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was working for uh, Nova's brother Donnie B. It was uh, kind of cool for like these indie promoters to be able to say from the WWE on our sh- show, but then, but then WWE start realizing, hey, some of our guys could potentially get hurt doing these independent shows. So let's dial that back. So, you know, we, you know, we, we write, you know, Sunday night heat and so-and-so can't make it because he got hurt working for, you know, Joe and Joe, you know, working out for so-and-so up in, uh, you know, Boston or whatever. I forget that guy's name. Uh, Mike Spada up in Boston, you know, just, uh, you know, we can't use Val Venus because him and Meanie were wrestling for Mike Spada in Boston. So scrap those plans. That's that's where my line of thinking is coming from. You know, you, you got to keep guy protect the guys that you you're spending. I'm sure Tony Khan's paying these guys very handsomely. So just to you know keep them fresh, keep them uninjured. Now I will say this. You know, as much as I don't want, you know, a Moxley working. If if I was a promoter, I wouldn't want Moxley working elsewhere because of the risk of injury. I think the CM Punk injury. What it came about from the lack of just working a full-time schedule mm. where working once a week, your body does not build up the callus that it needs to build up to where like if you're working a Monday raw, a SmackDown and a couple house shows, you know, if you're working three or four times a week, you know, with a couple of days off, your body builds up that callus to get used to bumping and diving and doing all this stuff. So I think, you know, as much as people love that one day a week work for AEW, it, it does just as much harm as, as good because a, you're not used to the pain and B like the younger guys, they're not getting as many reps. Mm. So when they go out there, they're more likely to make a mistake because they're working one day a week. Right. You know? So, right. well, you, the same could be said about Cody Rhodes with his injury. I mean, coming from the AEW world to the WWE, one could say that argument could be used in that vein as well. In, in oh, sort of in the opposite way. Was Cody's injury from, I think it was from lifting weights, wasn't it? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, depending, because it, you know, from what I see, AEW's, their, I don't know if their training is the same. Like, I don't know how their performance centers and stuff work. Like, I don't know any of the insides or the interior of that. But if Cody Rhodes isn't working the same kind of schedule and not right. building his body in the way that he was in AEW coming to WWE, doing something, you know what I mean? Like it, it tracks in my mind based on my limited yeah. knowledge of it. But it's like, yeah, that would totally make sense that he would do something like that. And, and I'm, I'm a total accident. You know, what can you do? Yeah. Like I do independence, but like if I went back to working a full time schedule, it would, I would, you know, look, look like the, you know, fucking tin man <laughs> in my day and day until, you know, eventually my body got used to the, uh, the bumps and the bruises and stuff like a you have to re-educate, re-educate your body all over again on how to uh, absorb that punishment. So, right. right. You have to train yourself yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. One other small note before we jump into Ask Meanie, our favorite part of the show. Let's give a yo cuz to the pod squad again. Yo cuz. I want to know. <laughs> so the rumor and innuendo is that the Young Bucks have put feelers out to jump ship to the WWE. Contract isn't up until 2024. However, Omega's contract, Kenny Omega former AEW champion, is up at the end of this year. What mm. do you think? What does Meanie think about the potential of the Young Bucks jumping to WWE? And does he think Kenny Omega will make the jump as well? I almost want to say it's a bargaining ploy, bargaining chip, you know, to uh, see if the, you know, A, I don't, you know, I don't know the specifics of the fallout from the punk situation, but you know, if there, if it's a way to, I don't know if it's, if it's a way to make an ultimatum for the young bucks to tell Tony Khan, it's either us or punk, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You keep, punk, we're leaving. If you get rid of punk, we'll stay. I don't know if it's that kind of situation, you know, from the outside looking in, uh, you know, I, I think they, they, they've potentially drawn a line of sand and said, we can't work there with this guy. And, 
you know, uh, if, you know, we'll see who, you know, who else wants us, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, I mean, they don't necessarily need to go to WWE. I don't know if WWE would want them. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. Right, right. I'm not saying that in a negative way at, at all. I mean, they could certainly go, you know, to Japan. Kenny could go to Japan and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, it'd be interesting to see him in the in the WWE world, in a, in a WWE situation. Uh, I think it was more easy for Cody to go from WWE to AEW and then back to WWE than somebody starting in AEW going to WWE. Mm. Uh, I don't know if WWE see. You know, well, here's the thing. I don't think WWE hard. I was going. I was about to say something, then I kind of backtracked. Like, I don't know if WWE still harbors anything from them doing the, you know, too sweet stuff and the sockets mm. and all that stuff in Japan with the, uh, the bullet club, like basically doing all the, uh, the click stuff. Yeah. But then again, knowing WWE, if there's a chance to make money with somebody. I think they would definitely go for that. You know, having the young bucks come over to, from AEW, they would do it just to stick it to AEW. You know, yeah. You know, now that, talked and thought about it out loud, so to speak. I, they, they would definitely would take the bucks just as a, you know, a suck it, so to speak to AEW. Right. Uh, and they know they can make money with the young bucks. So, but would they go? I mean, you said that they still have another deal for two, another two years. Who, who knows what happens? Like I, th- I, like I think the bucks leaked that out to make Tony reconsider, you know, whether he wants to keep punk or not. I, I am pretty firm on that thought, you know, right. Yeah. I think, you know, that's their way of saying it's either him or him or us. Right. So to speak. I think, uh, I think you're right. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them jump though, because I would be shocked to find out that, that Tony would get rid of punk over something like this. But again, I don't, I don't know how the business works. You know, I like, I, I'm, I'm just the guy talking on the podcast you know i don't know how it works but it legit comes down to the fact of you know three of your office members went down and confronted an employee physically right even even though i don't care i don't care that punk said come find me right right There's, there's there's a place and a time to come find him and one is not while his his face is still bleeding and he has a torn tricep behind a locked door with uh, a steel and a steel's wife while she's on crutches as well. Like here's the thing, right? Like I still am firmly in the camp that punk was wrong for chumping Tony Khan in public. Right? Like I think, I think I would have handled that better. I would have handled that. Again, I'm not in the industry. I don't know how I would have operated in in that world. I can see the argument from punk side and the leaking to the press and all that other shit. Like I can see where that frustration would come from, but I don't. But again, but again I would say they shouldn't have put him in that position. Well, go right, from, right, right, right. Go right from the ring. Still in gear, still in go mode, still in let's fucking go mode. Because when there's a mentality to when you're in the ring and you're about to go to war in the ring and do what you're going to do to entertain the fans. And then they come straight from the ring to a press scrum where you haven't really had the chance to come down, so to speak, and just decompress and go, all right, let's, let me get a drink in. Let me get a shower. Then I'll go do this press scrum and have like three or four people going up there before him, you know? Right. But he's been, he was at the building all day. He's getting ready for his match. He goes out there, he bleeds, he tears his tricep, goes into a room full of people who are, the, the, the leakers of the, you know, punk doing stuff to Cole Cabana, whether it's true or not, who knows? But, you know, he's, you know, he sees Nick Halsman and was like, all right. Yeah. Let's, all right. We're, gonna, we're just going <laughs> to fucking rip this open. Yeah. Yeah. He was still in fucking fight mode from his match and you put him in, in a room full of reporters and some of them leaking what he thinks is, thinks to be untruths, you know? But then again, I, I I say you know he he was shooting with the young bucks, but then when he talks to talks about MJF and calls him a prick, you know that part was the work, you right? Know, right. 
shoot and half working, but they put him in, they put him in that position, you know, straight from the ring to do that to where they would just give him like 20, 30 minutes to calm down. Yeah. Wipe the blood off your face, put, take a shower, put on your dress clothes, then go in there. Yeah. He probably and stinks maybe, and he's nasty and he's fucking still adrenaline high. Yeah. And he's in a different mindset, you know? But my issue is, and again, we've talked about this, my shoot job is in, in the corporate world. Right. I work in management in my job. Mm-hmm. If any of my, like, I try to picture myself, right? Like, if it was me and my assistant manager and, you know, another manager type, maybe my boss, right? If we had an issue with, like, let's say you were working with me and, and, and Brian had some complaints to HR, and, you know, said it publicly in front of HR, right? And Brian's having lunch, and we go into the break room, and then we start picking a fight and physically assaulting him. My ass would be fired, right? Like, that's right. the biggest thing. Like, and we, said, we sort of touched on this last week, and I'm not going to beat the point, but, like, you guys are executive vice presidents of a company. Right. At the end of the day, you represent this company, this brand, this corporation, this business that is making money, and generating revenue, and you're officers of this fucking organization. You can't do that kind of stuff. I don't care who you Mm -hmm. think you are. So I think for me, sort of reflecting on it more, Tony's got a tough choice, man, but for me, in a business sense, wouldn't really even be a choice for me. Yes, I'd be upset about what Punk said, but like, guys, at the very least, you're out as as EVPs. You're out. You're done. But I also could see... Uh, Omega jumping to the rumble. Uh, I just don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know if he would want to do it at this stage in his career. Cause he's, he's just about getting ready to wrap up, but. Well, yeah, yeah. He, Kenny has said that one, he's one more injury, injury, injury away. away from just, yeah, calling it a career. I don't blame him. He, man. Doesn't want, he doesn't want to have to do the, you know, the rehab. Right. I mean, who was the, um, the quarterback for uh, Indianapolis Colts fucking called it a career two days before, or a couple of days before the season one opener. Yeah. Just because he went, you know what? I've been getting hurt every year and doing this rehabs and I'm tired of doing the fucking rehabs and uh, yeah, I'm just going to walk away. So, I mean, I same mentality for, uh, for Kenny. And uh, before we walk away, Meanie, I want to ask you a quick question. Yes. If I may predicate it with a, yeah, of course. <laughs> would you like to ask Meanie? I would love to. Ask me something. It's the shits. I can't remember what regular air smells like. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter at Mind of the Meanie using the hashtag Ask Meanie, and you may hear your questions asked on the show to Meanie. It's our favorite part of the show. You got your Schweppes today. You got your drink. I drank mine on the way home because I needed to stay awake. But what yours? I remembered my uh, seltzer today. Attaboy. It's cranberry by Schweppes. Schweppes. My brother used to call it, my brother Matt used to call it titty twister a Schwepp. He used to walk up and go, Schwepp, and fucking turn your tit. What the fuck, so dude? Three, two, two, one. one. Mm. Do a little action on that. Get a little Sandman on there. Speaking of Matt from Dover, my brother wants to know, hey, will Jalen Hurts have a better career in Philadelphia than Donovan McNabb? Mm. Uh, that's a big, that's too early to tell uh if this if this was an election it's too too close to call too early to call uh i mean i definitely think he'll he'll be good i think he's definitely going to do good he's definitely from what we saw last year with him and in the work he's put off and put on in the off season and how he's looked these first two games of this season He's, he's, I think he's going to do some special things, but they say a better career to McNabb. Let's, uh, let's see how that goes first. I mean, he, he got him to a, he got the Eagles to the playoffs last year and yeah, it was a first round, you know, uh, defeat, but, uh, let's see uh, how far they go this year and see how far, if they reach, they have their, if they happen to reach the playoffs, let's see how far they go into the uh, playoffs before, we start making that comparison. I was waiting for it. I saw it kicking there. I knew that taste was coming. I knew it was coming, man. Love it. 
That's stuck. <laughs> Mark and Dryden wants to know, here's a question for both of you. Adam, who was the first wrestler you met? I can't wait Sorry. for Carl to mix that down because it's going to sound so glorious. I know I'm going to get a message from him. Why is he so gassy? The fuck is going on with that man? See a physician, dude. <laughs> my grandma would say, you need a physic. Yeah, um, dude, my great-grandmother used to say that too. A physic yep. for people who don't live in Philadelphia is an enema. So yeah. you need a physic. God, my great-grandmother. She used to say she's yelled at us all the time. My brother, that goddamn David needs his ass broken. And I'm like, fuck, 86-year-old woman. She's horrifying. Uh, Mark and Dryden wants to know, here's a question for both of you. Adam, who was the first wrestler you ever met? Meaning, same question, but for you, first you met as a fan and first wrestler you met when you got into the business. So you want me to go to first or you want to go first? You go first, yeah. First, I met two at the same time, my very first. It was in 1997 or 1998. It was the Iron Sheik and King Kong Bundy. They were wrestling. They were doing a main event. It was a wrestling event my mom took us to. Uh, I think it was in Ocean City, New Jersey. It was on the boardwalk. And they were wrestling each other. And, and uh, we met King Kong Bundy and the Iron Sheik. Both very nice guys. Iron Sheik didn't talk very much, but Bundy talked a lot. And it was it was pretty cool. So It's weird because... Because? Yeah, because. I went to my first uh, wrestling event in 1982. Of course, you know, you're not really meeting him, but, you know, I patted, you know, I got to pat Andre the Giant on his belly as a kid. Uh, this is the greatest thing ever. And then uh, time, goes, time goes by. I, I would have to say it wasn't until like maybe WrestleMania 4 when my uh, grandfather's boss got me into the, uh, the VIP uh, fan fest. And, uh, Oh, no, you know what? Fuck, I'm lying. Um, the AWA came to Atlantic City. Uh, 85-ish, maybe? 85, 86. And uh, a lot of the wrestlers hung out and got to meet people. So whoever the first wrestler I met at the AWA show is is cloudy, but like definitely met like uh, I met Kurt Henning. I met Greg Gagne. Scott Hall, uh, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, um, Bachwinkle, Rick Martell. They were all there. I don't know which one I, I met first, but it was definitely at an AWA show in Atlantic City. That's super cool. Then, uh, yeah, then as a professional, I guess, you know, <laughs> technically Al Snow because he trained me. Right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, once we start getting... Once you start training and uh, doing our, our shows and stuff, I mean, I would take me to shows, you know, as you know, while I'm training. And I remember uh, the woman who helped hook me up with Al Snow School, Phyllis Lee, would take me around and go, hi, hey, guys, this is, you know, Brian. He's from Atlanta. He's training with Al. So uh, Phyllis brings me up to Road Warrior Hawk at Midwest. At a MTW show, Midwest Territorial Wrestling Show, old Gary Warnchek was running shows out of Michigan. She brings me up to Hawk, goes, Hawk, this is Brian. He's from Lake City. He's training with Al Snow. And Hawk pats me on the back, goes, Good luck, kid. It gets worse from here. I was like, Oh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, promising. that's promising. That's amazing. But, uh, I, I, whether it's 100% accurate, I, I'm not sure. But yeah, I took us, like I said, technically Al Snow because he trained me. He's the, he's the one who broke me in. But um, as far as going around the show, it might have been Road Warrior Hawk once I started training and going up to shows with Al. Coach Danny Cage wants to know, hey, meaning, <laughs> what sh which student that trained with us at the Monster Factory have you crop dusted? Which one haven't I crop dusted? <laughs> Ew. Uh, Gross. Dude, back to when I was training with Al. Uh, one time Al was climbing to, t to the top rope to do something. Try something. Because we had a crash pad, you know, go up the top rope, go off the top rope, do moves. And I'm sitting on a chair on the floor and farted. And then Al climbs to the top turnbuckle. And we had like these big fucking ceiling fans. They're like plane propellers or whatever. And like the fart only would go up so high and it hit Al right in the face that the where Al went, oh, and slowly climbed down from the top rope. And it was like, Phew. but as far as crop dusting, like 
I would like stand in a corner and like let one go and then run around a ring like Rick Steiner and just drag it around the oh. fucking ring like it. I would do si do the ring with a fart. Dragon tail it. Yeah, drag. <laughs> it's, it's like running with a uh, toilet paper hanging from my pants. It's like, a, <laughs> That's like a streamer. Uh, as far as crop dusting at the Monster Factory, I, I'm easily like, who haven't I? Yeah. Uh, crop dust. And uh, who haven't we thanked yet today? The Pod Squad, thank you for joining us. And Meanie, I have to thank you for always entertaining me and uh, answering all of my fun questions and having good banter with me every single week. Uh, one quick thing Lucha mentioned, not really a question, but I wanted to say great interview with RVD, Adam. I honestly didn't know how much of an advocate he is for marijuana. Um, I am a medical user myself and believe in the benefits it has. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You can find uh, that show, my conversation with Rob Van Dam, uh, and a host of other people uh, at my uh, other show, Foundation Radio. You can go to foundationradio.net and check that out today. But, Lucha, thank you so much for the uh, props and the feedback. But, Meanie, more importantly, where can folks find you on, on the social medias? If you would like to follow the Blue Meanie, a.k.a. me, uh, Senior Meanie, the uh, the big boss, the head cheese, the blue cheese. <laughs> oh, that's good. The blue cheese. I like that. Oozing blue cheese, Mo. <laughs> uh, I remember pitching at the Paul Heyman. I was like, you know, he, he says oozing my cheese, Mo. I'm, I could be oozing blue cheese, Mo. And he, the laugh he let out, I was like, oh, maybe maybe that we'll go with that. All right. <laughs> if you would like to follow the Blue Meanie on all forms of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and something called TikTok, uh, at Blue Meanie BWO. If you would like to support the Blue Meanie, uh, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie, as I just got an alert that I sold a shirt. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Very, very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still paying for uh, my trip to the Big E where I eat like a dickhead. Um, <laughs> I really wanted the name last week's show, Eating Like Dickheads, but I didn't want to get flagged. So. Well, you could have. You could have done the I with exclamation point. Oh, that's right. Know? Yeah. Or the asterisk. Yeah. Could have done it. Well, next yeah. time. Next. Yeah. Uh, if you would like to support Minded Amini, our show here, uh, every dollar you spend goes right back into keeping the lights on. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Minded Amini, where we have uh, a lot of great t-shirts up there as well. Uh, Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Go to CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Use coupon code Meanie, save ten percent. Uh, you know Rod Hicks is doing an amazing job over there at ColinElbowBrand.com. Uh, a lot of great shirts that I need to get for myself. Uh, now, if you have these great-looking T-shirts and you're a bearded fellow like myself, go to MadcatBeardCare.com and get the blue spruce. Shout out to my boy Josh Thornton. Uh, he's doing an amazing job over there at madcatbeardcare.com. Uh, he just got Al Snow to do a line of uh, beard oils. Um, and all the beer, all the money he uh, makes there at madcatbeardcare.com goes to taking care of feral cats. So if you're a cat lover like myself, go over there to madcatbeardcare.com and get the blue spruce. Shout out to my boy Jim Nilsson over at glaciersofice.com. Glaciersofice.com. Mr. Jim Nilsson made a three of three only handmade custom BWO Air Jordan 1 sneakers for Stevie Nova and myself. They're gorgeous. I'm afraid to let them out of the box. Every now and then I'll go by the box, open up and just smell the leather and admire it. And I'll shut it because I don't want a speck of dust to get on these things. They're so nice. But each pair of these shoes takes Jim about 50 hours per pair. Now, if you want to see him uh, post photos and videos of the shoes he makes, go to at G-O-I kicks on all forms of social media. That's G-O-I kicks on all forms of social media. Uh, speaking of other forms of social media, cameo.com slash blue mini BWO for all your birthday wishes, holiday wishes, graduations, or just general. How do you do go to cameo.com slash blue mini BWO for all your blue mini video needs. But more importantly, Mr. Bernard, how can we find you? I'm just the guy in the sweatshirt, but thank you. I appreciate you. If you want to follow me on social media, you can go to Instagram and Twitter, this is Goober. Yes, it's my handle. No, I'm not changing it. It's a brand, pal. 
Again, you can check out my other show, Foundation Radio, by going to foundationradio.net. Uh, check out all of wonderful conversations, everyone from Rob Van Dam to Robert Costa to Asher Roth. I have something for everyone on the show. We even play Dungeons & Dragons sometimes. So go to foundationradio.net. Go to prowrestlingtees.com slash foundationradio. Go ahead and pick up a shirt there. Support the show and keep the lights on at the Barnard Home for Wayward and Troubled Youth. Also want to give a shout-out to Nate Smythe. Remember, his show's coming up September 30th at the Crooked Hammock in Middletown, Delaware from 5 to 8 p.m. Go ahead and check him out. Big supporter of the show. He also picked up an I'm an Adam Bernard Guy t-shirt as well. We have him in blue and in black. So go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mind of the Meanie and pick one up today. Uh, Meanie, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you as always. Uh, Pod Squad, y'all are the fucking best. We can't wait to see you again next week. For the Blue Meanie, I am Adam Bernard. Join us again each and every week as we take a trip through the mind of the Meanie. Peace. This episode of Mind of the Meanie was recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and was engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. Our executive producers are Josh Chernoff, Adam Barnard, and the Blue Meanie. Our opening theme is performed by the Swamp Candles. Our closing theme is performed by Chikara. The show contains original music produced by Enrichment. Get additional bonus content by becoming our patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mindofthemeanie. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. That was Blue Meanie's brain out. The world of MLW Radio never stops.